The preceding message is brought to you by Kingsword Everywhere Nigeria. Stay tuned after this message for more information about Kingsword Everywhere Nigeria. Hallelujah. Let's have our seats. Help me welcome your neighbor. You adults, don't let these children be outshining us. So sometimes they shout amen louder than us. <laughs> Ask your neighbor, how has your day been? It's good to see your lovely faces. And you are most welcome. If you are joining online, you are also welcome. We would have loved to have you here physically with us. So endeavor to make that a date going forward. Praise God. All right, I want to cover as much ground as we can. I want to bring this teaching series to a close today. Um, this is actually going to be our last physical midweek meeting before Supernatural Lagos. So I want us to really believe God to really maximize the few minutes we have here together. Um, next week, we're going to be waiting on God. It's going to be the day before the conference starts, and we're going to be fasting, and we'll be gathering online to meet with Dr. K for the prophetic hour. But tonight, I um, want to just continue with our discussion and our teaching on flowing with the Spirit, the flow of the Spirit. And again, I want to encourage you, um, I want to reiterate this again, you can flow in the Spirit, you can flow with the Spirit, you can experience the flow of the Spirit in your life. Um, it's a phrase that we are talking about the Spirit of God operating in your life, like God designed him to operate in your life. The Spirit of God manifesting himself in your life, like God wanted it to. You can't maximize or take full advantage of what God wants to do in your life in this dispensation without knowing how to flow with the Spirit. And like we've said in the teaching, there's a reason why we are using that phrase, flow with the Spirit. That's a lot of the way the Bible describes how the Holy Ghost works and the symbols that the Bible uses to describe the Holy Ghost, some of them, not all of them. There are many elements in the natural we can relate with that the Bible uses to describe the Holy Spirit. And when you think about the fact that the Bible refers to the Holy Spirit as rain, as oil, um, you, that's where that phrase of flow comes in. Because it's, these are liquid things that, that flows. Hallelujah. And that's where we started from. We must learn that if the Holy Ghost operates in our lives like a flow, a flow can be stopped. Another one was river. River, rain, oil. You can dam a river. I mean, the river can be flowing. You can block it and obstruct the flow of the river. And when that happens, everybody beyond where the dam was put will never get the benefit of the flow of that river. And that will not be our portion in Jesus' name. And as we study scriptures, I won't have the time to do that. I just quickly want to mention a few things to lay foundation. Is that you must know about the things that can obstruct the flow of the Spirit in your life and avoid them or eliminate them. One of the things we talked about was envy, um, strife with your brothers. You see, you, you just think you are quarreling with your brother or your sister ah, or your colleague at work. 
or somebody in church, I didn't like the way he spoke to me. I didn't, and on a natural level, if you're just thinking naturally and you don't understand what the Holy Ghost has been sent to do in your life and how he's going to do it, you're just arguing with your brother. You're giving him a piece of your mind. But unknown to you, ignorantly, and because you're not alive to what the scripture is saying, you're actually damning the flow of the river. And the things the Holy Ghost is supposed to work out in your life, he will not be able to do it. Ah, pastor, I don't have a river. You do have a river. The Bible told you that. So out of your belly will flow rivers of living water. And the Bible teaches you that envy and strife with your brethren can obstruct that flow. We looked at the example of Abraham and Lot. And Abraham understood that. And these are the lessons we are picking from these things. Because all the things God was able to accomplish in Abraham's life, including his wealth, it couldn't have been possible without the working of the Spirit in his life. Like any other person in scriptures, particularly those of us now in the New Testament, that we are actually living in a dispensation of the Spirit. And when that season came that Lot's men and Abraham, it wasn't even Abraham and Lot that were striving. It was their servants. Because Abraham understood it and God must have taught him. He said, no, let there be no strife among us and our men. He did everything he could to avoid strife. Hallelujah. So we talked about anything that can obstruct the flow, avoid it. We learned from Jesus. If there's anybody that flowed with the Holy Spirit maximally, it was Jesus. And there are many lessons we learned from him. But one of the main lessons we learned from him is that you need to be sensitive. Have a sensing that my time has come. From time to time. You may not feel like that every time, but when you start sensing or picking up urges like that, you must understand that's how the Spirit flows. You are not going to be high every day or every month. Yes, you have the Holy Ghost residing with you every day or everywhere, but certain seasons can be special for you. Special for you in the sense that you will just stand out among every other person. And if you think about your life, I mean, I can think back on my life, there are certain seasons like that that God just did something unusual in my life. And when you look at everybody around you, they didn't have that kind of experience. Jesus came to the baptism of John. And the Bible said everybody came. But he knew that baptism was a unique one. It's like you're coming for supernatural Lagos. I'm very sure Jesus had been to meetings before. That wasn't his first meeting. Maybe that was his first meeting at John. The Bible was silent about that. But he was 30 years old. That, in fact, we knew he went to the convention when he was 12. And the Bible told us it was his custom to go to the synagogue. So obviously, he's someone that participated in their festivals and conventions. Trying to relate it to our time. But he came to that particular conference knowing that this one on my 30th birthday is different from all others. See, these are things you pick on how the Holy Ghost works in the lives of people. So the Bible says that, yeah, your set time, the set time to favor you has come. There may be times in your life where a scripture like that is quickened in you. And when things like that happen, the Bible said after that experience, when it was after the baptism, he was driven by the Spirit um, to the wilderness to fast and pray for the he came back and he opened Isaiah 60 and read to them. That wasn't the first time he was reading Isaiah 60. 
But that day when he read it, it sounded different. It looked different. It felt different. And he told them, this day is this scripture fulfilled in your ear. It marked the beginning of his ministry. So he was sensitive. It wasn't like any other season. It wasn't like any other year. It wasn't like any other time. And we learned so many other examples from Jesus. I won't have the time to go into that. I think we talked about that in the second teaching. Last week, we talked about learning to see things and understand God's agenda, how God wants to do what he wants to do on the frequency. If you are going to flow with the Spirit, it's so important. And we dwelt and we, we spelt out the fact that God wants to anoint all flesh. You see, the person that is going to flow with the Spirit... And have the Holy Ghost manifest in him. And it's on two levels. Number one is you receiving what the Spirit is bringing into your life. Let me hear somebody shout, I receive. And allowing what he wants to pour out of your life. Because he said, out of your belly will flow. So God wants to impart some things into you. You need to be able to receive it. And then God wants to pass some things through you. Out of your belly will flow rivers of living water. And when we read in Revelations 21 and 22, we saw that that river is flowing from the throne of God. And the Bible said it's for the healing of the nations. So through us individually and collectively, God wants to flow by his spirit and begin to touch people's lives. Heal this person. Comfort this person. Teach this person. Help this person out of depression. Just by, I mean, when Michael just started singing this afternoon, I just felt a fresh, as if somebody just poured cold water upon me. I don't know if every other person felt that. People, see, that's the flow of the Spirit. That's the Spirit of God ministering to someone. You never know when it can be in your office, it can be in church. You see, we must not limit it to church where we pray and worship alone. But that's, how God, that's what God wants to do. And by touching every believer and putting his spirit in every believer and flowing through every believer, that's how God wants to touch all the families of the earth. Now, the person that is going to flow with the spirit must have that understanding and engage with God on that level. Believe that God wants to touch you and God can use you. You are not too small for God to use. He said, I'll pour out my spirit upon all flesh. And he now mentioned your men servants and your maid servants. Even your slaves. Read the Bible in context. Even the people that you will ordinarily think God, that nobody wants to do anything with their life. I'm going to anoint them because I want to use them. Because I want to touch all flesh. And we must think that way. We must renew our minds to think that way. So, because if you don't think that way, you won't be able to cooperate with the Holy Spirit and flow through him. The Bible told us about Peter and John. They were going to pray in church. And there was a crippled man that sat by the gate. Talking about the flow of spirit. I understand that God wants to touch everybody. That man, they said he had been there since he was born. And that means Jesus walked by that man in the three and a half years ministry of, well, he wasn't in Jerusalem for three and a half years, but however long Jesus was in Jerusalem, he saw that man. 
But perhaps, maybe that wasn't that man's set time. Perhaps. But that day was his set time. And somehow, as Peter and John were looking, and the man begged, the same thing he has been saying all his life. It wasn't that he got another utterance. The same utterance. It's very possible Peter and John had had him say that utterance. But it just caught their attention that day. And Peter said, look on us. And of course, the spirit flowed through Peter and impacted the man. Praise God. Are we together? Please let me tell somebody, God wants to use you. God wants to touch your life. God wants to change your life. And then God wants to use you. When Jesus met Peter and all the others, they were quote and unquote, ordinary fishermen. They were not high people in society. They were not people in the synagogue. They were not, and Jesus told them, follow me and I will make you, I will make you. So nobody is too small, male or female, young or old, men servants, maid servants. So everybody must have that kind of mindset. God can use me. It doesn't matter what I'm going through. It doesn't matter what I've been through. As long as I'm ready and willing to open up myself to God, he will impart my life, hallelujah, and then he will flow through my life to impart other people and make a difference in their lives. Let somebody shout a loud amen. amen. All right. Let's close, and I have to run now. Fortunately, um, I believe a lot of things I'm going to be saying, they are not going to sound too strange. So if we are going to flow with the Spirit as we begin to wrap up, we must, I call this one the, the final frontier. Let me just use that phrase. This one concept we must embrace and understand if we are going to flow with the Spirit, um, receive from God and receive from His Spirit in our lives and impact our community and people around us as God wants us to impact people, we've got to... Ah, please, let me try and take you to a cliff because what I'm about to say is not something too strange, but... Please, I, I, I want you to catch it. You've got to, you've got to, <laughs> you've got to, you, you've got to, are you listening to me? Are you listening to me? You've got to embrace the love of God. I know you've had that a thousand and one times. That's why I tried to put a little suspense in front of it. And if I'm not careful, you're not careful. It's just going to enter one here and fly uh, You've got to, you've got to realize that this thing works on the platform of love. Every believer, this is my own conclusion, everyone that is genuinely born again experiences the manifestation and the flow of the spirit on one level or another. I believe so. However, we can keep experiencing him in higher and higher and higher and greater and greater dimensions. And these things we are teaching are the things that will help us. Even the person that is walking in strife with his brother, it doesn't mean that the Holy Ghost has left him. No. 
but he is definitely not maximizing the flow of the Spirit like, like he can. So if you are going to walk and experience the great and mighty things, if we are going to, that the Holy Spirit does in us, wants to do in us and accomplishes in us, we've got to walk in love. We've got to embrace love. We've got to value the place of love work. And we need to grow in it, perfect in it. Like Apostle Paul prayed for the Philippians, said, I pray that your love will abound more and more. I want you to grow in your love work. Abound in love. Grow in your knowledge and comprehension that God loves you. And grow and abound in you loving other people. And I'm telling you tonight, when you do that, the manifestations and the flow of the Spirit in your life will go to another level. Someone that is hearing me say it loud, amen. amen. First John, if you really study the epistle of John, and I was studying it today, that was really the core of his message. Particularly this first epistle. That was really the, the core of his message. Let's, let's read from verse 1, then I will pick a few verses. It said, that which was from the beginning which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, and he was talking about the word of God and all the amazing things they had seen God do in their life and ministry. The three and a half years that they used to walk with Jesus and all the things that happened in the book of Acts that they saw, that they tasted, that they handled. said, we have heard it, the things they heard. The teachings that Jesus spoke to them, the, the sermon on the mountain, the Mount of Transfiguration. And you know, John, Peter, and James particularly, that inner caucus of three, they even had deeper encounters than the other apostles. John even had deeper encounters than, there are certain things he experienced that nobody has experienced, like laying his head on Jesus' bosom. There's no record in scripture that any other disciple had that privilege. So he's telling us that, look, what we have seen, what we have heard, what we have looked upon, what we have handled concerning the word of life. These are the things we are writing to you about. And we are writing to you, he went on to say that, so that we have fellowship with the Father. We want you to have fellowship with the Father and his Son, Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. And then he wrote and wrote, and when he got to chapter, um, I will skip. There, there are some things he read in chapter 2, but I, I really want to move because of time. Chapter 3, verse 1, he now said, I'm going to go back to chapter 2. But he said, behold, what manner of love the, the, the Father has bestowed on us that we should be called the children of God. The love that God has for us. Hallelujah. In chapter 2, verse 20, it talked about the Spirit. said you have an unction from the Holy One or an anointing from the Holy One. And you know all things. You, you have received something from God. It was referring to the Spirit of God. It was referring to the anointing of God. He is referring to the river of God on our inside. Verse 27 speaks even more clearly. He said, the anointing which you have received from God abides in you. 
and you don't need anyone to teach you. In other words, if you will flow with the Spirit, recognize the indwelling of the Spirit in your life, child of God, and flow with Him, there are many things He will teach you, show you, reveal to you that no man can teach you. So by that anointing that dwells, you know things already. If you will flow with Him. Hallelujah. And really what he's saying is that because God loves you, that's why he sent his son to die for you. Yeah, I'm going to read a few verses to you on that. And that's why he has put his spirit inside of you. It's because of the love that God has for us that we have this great privilege of number one, being children of God. Somebody shout, I'm a child of God. And being the permanent residential address of the Spirit of God in our lives. It's because of his love or the love he has for us. Hallelujah. Look at something he said in chapter 2, verse 12. He said, I have written to you little children because your sins are, for, are forgiven because of his name's sake. I have written to you, fathers, because you have known him who is from the beginning. I have written to you, young men, because you have overcome the, the wicked one. I have written to you, little children, talking to different categories and people, and he's telling everybody, what he was trying to tell everybody is that you are all children of God, and the Spirit of God dwells in all of you, whether you are young, whether you are old, whether you are this, whether you are that, and it's because he loves you. Hallelujah. Verse 14, I have written to you fathers because you have known him who is from the beginning. I have written to you young men because you are strong and the word of God abides in you. And you have overcome the wicked one. And he told them so many other things and he said all this is because what manner of love. Hallelujah. Glory, glory be to God. Look at chapter 3. Let me read from verse 10 so you can flow with his thoughts. And it continues to now build on. I, I love the title in my Bible here, the imperative of love. The, the importance. Please hear me very well. I'm going somewhere tonight. We are still talking about the flow of the Spirit. The necessity for you to embrace love and walk in love. That is how what you got came. Hello, somebody. And that is how what you have now that you got, that's how you are going to sustain it and that's how you are going to grow in it. If you are still here, shout a loud amen. Chapter 3, verse 10, in this the children of God and children of devil are manifest. Whoever does not practice righteousness is not of God. So it's not just about being the righteousness of God. He's teaching us to practice it. Nor is he who does not love his brother. For this is the message you have had from the beginning. That you should do what? Love one another. Is building up somewhere and not as Cain, he said, Don't be like Cain. 
Hallelujah. Walk in love. Verse 16. By this we know love. Watch. Because he laid down his life for us, he was an example. He was the template. We also ought to lay down our lives for our brethren. And he gives us a practical example. Whoever has this world's goods and sees his brother in need and shuts up his heart from him, how does the love of God abide in him? If you are in a position to help your brother, and he's talking about with material things, and you are not doing that, how can you say you're walking in love? He's, trying to, he's not trying to condemn you. He's trying to teach you that, look, you need to walk in love. And his point, please, if you read the old book in chapter, is that, look, what we have, See, it started by saying what we have seen, what we have handled, what we have tasted. And this point is that it came because of the love of God. And the way we are going to be able to carry it is by the love of God. Let me quickly tell you something here. You must not ever, because of something you are going through in life or have gone through that may be hard or harsh or difficult, and these apostles' lives was a good example to us. They didn't live on a bed of roses. For many of them were martyred because of their faith. You don't go through a difficulty in life and now begin to feel sorry for yourself and lose the conviction that God loves you. In fact, that's what the enemy is targeting. He wants you to doubt the love that God has for you. He doesn't want you to believe that because he knows what you have received can only function. It came by love. It can only operate and function by love. Hallelujah. Praise God, praise God, praise God, praise God. Let me just read two or three more verses then. I can, I can go to where I want to close tonight. Um, ah. This first John is so beautiful. Let's read from verse 18. Verse 18. My little children. Ask your neighbor, is he talking to you tonight? <laughs> okay, ask your neighbor, is Pastor T talking to you tonight? Because I know many of us don't feel like little children again. But my little children. <laughs> Let us not love in word or in tongue, but in deed and in truth. And by this we know that we are of the truth and shall assure our hearts before him. For if our hearts condemn us, and that's what will happen when we are not walking in love. And it's again two, two main levels, receiving the love and demonstrating it towards others. God is greater than our hearts and he knows all things. And he says if our hearts condemn us, please watch where it's going here. If our hearts does not condemn us, if, if we are walking in love and we know God loves us and we are loving others and we don't feel condemned, before God, we have confidence towards God. What is the benefit of that or the importance of that? And whatever we ask, hallelujah, we receive from him. Glory be to God. Whatever we ask, we call that a blank check. Hallelujah. But understand that it's operational on what? It's operational on love. And I'm telling you, it works really by the Holy Spirit. Because this dimension of whatever we ask, we receive, it can never be achieved without the Spirit of God flowing through us. 
because we keep his commandments and do those things that are pleasing in his sight. And this is his commandment that we should believe on the name of his son and we should do what? Operate in the love of God. If you are going to flow with the Spirit in ever dimension, higher dimension, operate in the love of God. You make mistakes, learn again. Ah, I will do better. I'm going to abound in love. I'm going to grow in love. You can't flow in the Spirit without Him. Quickly, chapter 4, verse 7. I think I will stop with this one. Because, let me stop in chapter 4. Beloved, let us love one another. For love is of God. Everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. He that does not love does not know God, for God is love. In this, the love of God was what this was manifested towards us. So this is how we got what we got. In this, the love of God was manifested towards us in that he sent his only begotten son into the world that he might live, that we might live through him. In this is love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sin. Beloved, if God so loved us, follow his example, so ought we to love another. Hallelujah. And then he went on here. Watch this. So we were able to receive the son. There are two major things that was established in this epistle because of the love. And it's as we receive the love, we're able to receive the son. Watch this. Verse 12. No one has seen God at any time. If we love one another, God abides in us and his love has been perfected in us. By this we know that we abide in him and he in us. Earlier up, he said that because of the son that he sent to die for us. Look at what he said here. By this we know that we abide in him and he in us because he has given us his spirit. So the two greatest things God did for us, he did them on the premise of his love for us. Jesus coming to die for us and the spirit coming to dwell in us. And it's by us continuing to walk in that love, which is what was establishing here. Abounding in that love, growing in love, perfecting that love. Later on, he said there that, look, anyone that is living in fear is because he has not perfected or matured in love. Perfect love will drive out all fear. Are you afraid concerning your finances? Are you afraid concerning your business? Are you afraid concerning your health or something? And I know we've all been there at different times. There are some things that it's as if are, when it happens, it shakes fear inside of you. You need to go and spend more time abounding. Hello? In love. And where I'm really going tonight is that if you will abound in love, the flow or the manifestations of the Spirit will increase in your life. Let me close with that. Because that's really where we are going. I just came here for, to establish that. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Hallelujah. Praise God, praise God forevermore. Now, Apostle Paul teaching, concerning spiritual gifts or spirituals, 
If you have a very good Bible, gift is italicized. Yes, he mentioned gifts later on. And that's really how the Holy Ghost operates. We, these things are gifts of grace, gifts of favor. You don't earn them. You don't qualify for them. So there's nothing wrong with using gifts. But a more accurate interpretation of what was said is concerning spirituals and really concerning things of the Spirit. Concerning the flow of the Spirit. What we are teaching. That's what Paul was teaching them here. I don't want you to be ignorant. This is what we have been doing in this series. As a New Testament believer, you should not be ignorant of the operations of the Holy Spirit in your life. Something is wrong. We said this in the earlier part of teaching. If you are living, if you are doing Christianity that way, you don't know the Holy Ghost lives in you. You don't know what the Holy Ghost is supposed to do in your marriage, in your business, concerning your health. You are not flowing with him so that you can receive his gifts and allow him to manifest his gifts through you to touch other people's life. You should, that's not how to live Christian life. I don't want you to be ignorant. I don't want you to be ignorant. Everyone in the church must be taught and trained and um, inspired, motivated to flow with the Spirit. You don't have, we are not asking you to be a preacher. We are not asking you to necessarily do miracles. Mm -hmm. You can be an office person, but allow the Holy Ghost to operate in your office. And you will be better in your job and your career if you do Christianity that way. And what we are saying tonight as we begin to wrap up is this thing works through love. You are in that office space. You are embracing the love that the Father has for you. You, you are so confident and you, you build yourself to that place where I, God loves me. And then you are willing to love people in that office space. Not condemn them, not find fault with them, not look down upon them, not oppress them. Particularly if you're a manager or a boss. But you genuinely love people. You, you will see the flow of the Spirit in your life. In one way or another. Case in point, Joseph. Verse 4, as we begin to close, I love this. Watch this. And this is what we are talking about. This thing is not just about preaching a sermon. Yes, pastors need it. Worship leaders need it. Church workers need it. But beyond that, it says there are diversities of the flow of the Spirit. You see, that gift there, we said it's talking about things of the Spirit. The flow of their diversities. The way it may flow through a man may not be the way we flow through a woman in certain areas. The way may flow through an older person may not be the way we flow through a younger person. The way may flow through a maid servant or men servant may not be the way we flow through the boss man because there are diversities of the gifts, the things pertaining to the spirit, the operations of the spirit, the flow of the spirit. But it's the same spirit. It's the same spirit. There are differences of ministries. He doesn't have just one pattern. This is the simple truth. Hear me and hear me well. The pattern, if you allow him, that will manifest through you is the pattern that works for you. 
He won't want you to be a pastor T because you can't be a pastor T. Or a Baba Debuye or Dr. K, you can't be that, but you can be you. And because he has differences of ministries, you don't have to try to be somebody else. You can learn from somebody else, but please be yourself. And show us another dimension of the spirit where you are. Because you can, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. The same Lord, there are diversities of activities, but it is the same God who works all in all. Somebody say, he's working in me. Verse 7, but the manifestations of the Spirit is given to each one to profit all. You will not miss out on your profiting. You will not miss out on your profit. So when the Spirit is not manifesting through us, we are losing. When we are not flowing with the Spirit, we are losing. When we are flowing with the Spirit, we are making profit. Which one do you prefer, profit or loss? Talk to me, somebody. The manifestations of the Spirit, watch this, is given to each one. Many places is like, is given to the pastor. No, each, so talk to me, somebody. Each one of us. And I think this is something they got early and got right in the church in the book of Acts. They got it early, they got it right, and they stayed with it. I guess it wasn't a bad idea for Jesus to be their teacher as well. <laughs> when Jesus teaches you, even if you're a dollar, you will excel. <laughs> I'm just throwing that one in. You won't find that one in the Bible. That's just my own. And I also have the Spirit of God. When we get to Ebu, we compare notes. This is what Dr. K taught me. Then Paul, we, Paul, Paul, yeah, Jesus taught Paul. Peter, Paul, this is what Jesus taught me. I'm sure there will be some gaps. <laughs> but it's Jesus that is walking through Dr. K or Pastor T, anybody as well. But you get my drift. Hallelujah. Then he went on here. He said talking about, we call this thing the nine gifts of the Spirit. One is giving the word of wisdom, and he mentioned nine categories. Just to explain his point. We won't have time to dwell into that tonight, but summary is that sometimes the Holy Spirit will reveal things through you. And you need to understand that these are three powerful ways in which, broad ways, and you should really open up yourself, please listen to me very carefully, to receive revelation from the Spirit. If you're a pastor, receive revelation. What am I to teach? You open up to the Spirit. I, I, I like telling you guys this from time to time. 24 hours ago, I didn't know this what I was going to teach. But, I mean, I've learned this over the years. I open up myself to speak. What am I to teach? A businessman can do that. A professional can do that. Your own is not teaching you. You found where God has put you, but you open up yourself, reveal. Like Pastor Bonaldi's investment, reveal what is going to happen in 2024, 2025, so we can shock the market now. You can. And that's how we bring profit in your life. Hello? We are in politics. Reveal what's going to happen in the Nigeria. You can pray that. Second category of things we see here that I was teaching is that sometimes he speaks through us. 
Again, that's not just limited to preaching. That is involved in preaching. You are talking to your wife or your husband. There's a way you can talk, but clearly if there's something major to address by the help of the spirits so that you don't burn the house down. Some people have used their mouth to burn the house down. And some people even at work talk anyhow to their colleagues, talk anyhow that, and they've lost their job now because they, are, and they have Holy Ghost too. I'm talking Christians. We are not talking about that. The Holy Ghost is there, but they don't understand the place where the Holy Ghost can flow through you. And I'm really talking about difficult times, challenging times where you need God to calm down the temperature, give you wisdom, so that what you have worked on for years will not just scatter, just a, a, a right word. Solomon said it's like um, apples of gold in, in, in a platter of silver. Just saying the right thing at the right time. There's a right word you can speak that will open doors for you and bring promotion. There's one you can speak that they will, please, I, I, I never want to see that guy in my office again. And that's Dan Gote talking about you. It will not be your story in Jesus' name. And then there are what we call power. It does things through us. Execute projects. Execute assignments. And that is in all manner of life. Praise God. Look at verse 11, and I'm beginning to close. But all these things, whether it's speaking, whether it's revealing, whether it's doing, all these things, it's by one and the same spirit. It works all these things. And I love it again. Emphasis, distributing to each one individually as he wills. You will not miss your own in Jesus' name. And listen, this we are, we, are, we are building up towards supernatural. You will not miss the distribution of the spirit for you this season in the name of Jesus. And we should believe God, oh, Holy Ghost, what are you imparting? He's talking, distributing, he's going to impart. We impart something. Something that can flow into you and flow through you. And this is what Apostle Paul was teaching the Corinthians here. He went on to say that, look, this thing works like a physical body. We, you see, it's, it's so powerful. Again, this is what they got right in the early church. They got so many people involved. See, if it's only your head that is working and the Holy Ghost is flowing through, you will not live a fulfilled life. If one hand is not working, one leg is not working, every other part is working, the Holy Ghost is flowing through other parts. And this is what we have in church. There are some parts of the body that the Holy Ghost is flowing through, some parts is not. And that's what we need to change. We need to let everybody know all of us can be imparted. And God is imparting all of us because he wants to touch all the families of the earth, have the right mindset, understand how the flow of the Spirit works, hello, and yield ourselves to be a participant from one level to another. Particularly a time like this. So he taught them all that and listened to how we closed because this is what we are trying to say this nice. He now said this in verse 31, 1 Corinthians 12, 31. I love, there are two main powerful things he said. He said, earnestly 
And these are prayers we close tonight. So it's not enough to know. Please hear me and hear me very well, everyone, as we close. It's not enough to know that you carry the Holy Ghost. See, we are talking about how to flow and how to yield to him so that he can flow. It's not enough to know he wants to flow through you and he can use you. All the things we've said, Paul now said, honestly desire it. said, earnestly desire the best. What is the best gift that the Spirit can flow into your life and through your life? What is your own? Desire it. Want it. Crave for it. That's how it works. Earnestly desire the best gift. Want it. And that can change from time to time. For Monday morning, first quarter of this, I mean, first Monday morning meeting in your office, the second half of the year, there's a major board meeting. Sir, and you are supposed to make a presentation. Your best gift that day may be utterance gift. Help me to say that they will say, ah, oh God, Dangote is calling you upstairs. Not that Dangote is saying you leave the building. It's not just a one-time thing. It's season per season. Desire it. What is the flow that the Spirit can bring in my life, at least based on what I know, that can make a difference? Maybe something needs to be revealed to you. And then he said this, which is where we started from. He said, yet I will show you a more excellent. This is the way it works. So he said, desire the best gifts, but understand, this is the way it works. And they went on in chapter 13 to teach us what John taught us. It works by love. I will show you. Desire it. But let me tell you the most excellent way to get what you want. Embrace the love of God. What the Spirit has been sent to do in our lives it cannot operate without love work. Let's rise on our feet as we close. Lift your hands. We just have a few more minutes. Shanda Bosakata. Did you learn something? Lift your hands. Say, Heavenly Father, precious Holy Spirit, wonderful Jesus, I need your flow in my life for such a time as this. And I ask right now, flow through me reveal things to me, speak through me, do things through me. Let me experience the manifestations of the Spirit that bring profiting like I've never had it before as I abound in love in the name of Jesus. Can we just take a minute or two to pray, yielded to God, yielded to God. If you understood anything we shared tonight and all we've been sharing in this series, the set time to favor you, the set time to anoint you is now. It's now. Every obstacle, every hindrance of the flow is being taken away. Your mind is being renewed to think at the frequency of God. It shall come to pass. I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh and through you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Holy Spirit, help me 
to experience your greatest manifestations for now, for now. In church, at work, in my marriage, in my home, concerning my health, concerning my finances, the great and mighty things you are sent to do. Come on, for one more minute or so, pray, pray, pray. Just ask him, earnestly desire it. Earnestly desire it. The flow of the Spirit will not be forced upon anyone. Earnestly desire it. Earnestly, earnestly, earnestly desire it. Earnestly desire it. Earnestly, earnestly desire it. Kedabosakata. Earnestly desire. Earnestly desire it. And do it on the frequency and on the platform of love. Receive the love that God has bestowed upon you. What manner of love the Father has bestowed on us that will be called children of God? This is how we know he loves us. He has given us the spirit to dwell in us. And because he so loved us, let us love one another. Grow in it, abound in it. I will show you a more excellent way to flow with the spirit, to flow in the spirit. It's the way of love, 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 the way of love. Somebody, as you pray, commit yourself afresh to love walk. He said, if God so loved us, we should love one another as well. If God loved us this way, let us love one another. They may have offended you, they may have disappointed you, but I tell you, my brother, choose love for Christ's sake. We talked about Christ's sake on Sunday. For the sake of the anointing, for the sake of the outpouring, for the sake of the rain, for the sake of God's grace and favor, choose love. Choose love. Choose love. Choose the most excellent way, the more excellent way. Choose love. Yes, Lord. 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 In the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you for the great love with which you love us. Even though we are not perfect, you found us while we were yet sinners. And you sent your son to die for us. And you have sent your spirit to dwell and abide in us. So we embrace your love one more time today. We receive your love and we commit to love others as well. So that your spirit can have a free flow in us and through us. We give you the praise, we give you the glory, Father. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. The preceding message was brought to you by Kingsword Everywhere Nigeria. We are located at Kingsword Auditorium, Etel Avenue, behind NNPC Filling Station, First Bank Bus Stop, off Kudarat Abiola Way, Argun, Lagos. Email kmiafrica at kingsword.org. Telephone 234-810-0000. Zero six four zero.